and welcome into the latest edition of the Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined as always by my hoops junkie friend, Mr. Andy Roth. And today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, and today we're joined by um, Mr. Chris Marlowe, who I've known for a long time. I've had the pleasure of working alongside of him, doing stats on the broadcast. Chris, of course, is the play-by-play announcer for the Denver Nuggets on Altitude TV. Um, and Chris, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure having you. Well, it's good to be on. Good to have you. And and what timing? Because uh, and I watched your Twitter also. Of course, you were pretty excited from last night's game, and then yep. again this morning. And that was a heck of a game last night. It was really interesting because it was billed two great teams, two great players, the two MVP top candidates. But it was your bench, meaning the Denver bench last night, that really won last night's game. Yeah, I, I think the Nuggets outscored the uh, the Philadelphia bench. It was forty eight to fourteen. And it was really. Uh, I wouldn't say a coming out party for our rookie, uh, Bones Highland. Uh, he was really the story. He, he grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, about 30 minutes away from Philadelphia. He had five, 600 people there, uh, uh, you know, friends, family, uh, firefighters that had saved his life in a, in a burning building incident early, uh, you know, maybe four years ago when he had to jump out a window to escape death. Uh, and, he put on one of the great performances of the season and he was the story. Uh, he made four threes in the fourth quarter and that kind of lifted the Denver nuggets. Uh, they came from behind down 19 points and afterwards these 600 people got crowded around him and, and were serenading him. And, and, and afterwards they interviewed him and they asked him about the incident and he, uh, you know, he, he broke down and cried a little bit. It, it was just an incredible uh, uh, coming together of events, and this guy played his heart out, and he's a wonderful young kid, and uh, and uh, was able to lift the Nuggets over the 76. It was a great night. Has he been a little bit of a surprise just as far as how much he's contributed this season? Uh, yeah, he came in. He's a first-round pick, 26 overall, uh, but he wasn't highly regarded, thus being drafted 26th. He's come in and played sporadically through the first half of the season. He's a rookie. He does some really good things. You see glimpses of potential. Uh, and uh, But he, he makes some rookie mistakes also. So about halfway through the season, uh, head coach Michael Malone decided to make him the full-time backup point guard instead of Facu Campasso, the, the Argentinian magician. And uh, the, the whole country of Argentina was upset about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and Faku had really had some great moments for us, but he wasn't playing well. And he decided to put uh, Bones Highland as the backup point guard. And ever since then, he's flourished. He's having a great march, played seven games, averaging like 13 and a half, shooting 50% from the field, 50% from three. And uh, he has really been a big influence on the Denver Nuggets. And I think he's only going to get better and better. Hey, Chris, another guy who came off the bench last night and hit those two big threes at a critical juncture of the game. And, of course, we're talking about the Marcus Boogie Cousins. And, and I'm really surprised that other teams did not latch onto him or want to, want to sign him. The team here in Chicago, they're, they're fools for not going after him. But, you know, he's, he's been a real asset, and I think he'll continue to do so, even though he's playing behind maybe the best center in all of basketball. But he will make contributions for you folks going forward. Yeah, he has uh, been a lightning rod for us. Uh, obviously, as you guys know, and most basketball fans know, he had a pr previous relationship with Michael Malone uh, in Sacramento. And, you know, Boogie's an acquired taste. Not every coach can handle him. Not every fan base can handle him. I mean, he 
Uh, he brings an element of uh, danger to the court. And he is just, the minute we acquired him, it, it seems like our roster got tougher. Uh, <laughs> we got more physical. And uh, if, if anybody watched the game last night, uh, you know, he's out there. He's no nonsense. He got in with Harden. Uh, and uh, he and Jermichael Green have been playing together on that second unit. And along with Bones Highland, they've just made made that unit flourish. Uh, previously during the season, our, our second unit was getting outscored. Every time Jokic would go out of the game, the second unit would was minus 10. But now that's not true, and they're playing great. And uh, and he has been a godsend. He's really been a fun guy to be around. I saw him in the elevator today, and he said, how about that atmosphere last night? And you, the, the Philadelphia crowd was the best of all season, uh, best we've had all season. Over 20,000 people there. They were into it. They were booing Jokic. They were chanting MVP for Embiid. And 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 Cousins said, that fired me up. That got me going with all the stuff they were doing. So uh, it's been great having him on the team. And uh, and he's going to be a big part of our, uh, our success or failure going forward. Do you think with the spotlight on Jokic so much that uh, Aaron Gordon has sort of flown under the radar this season, especially what he's done on the defensive end? Well, Gordon, I think, has been really good for us. He's had some ups and downs. He's had some injuries lately, which have kept him out of the lineup. Uh, he played the first half last night and then was sick at halftime and didn't return. Uh, so when when Aaron Gordon is healthy and playing his best, at least right now, he's our number two player without Murray and without Michael Porter Jr. Uh, he, he's good on offense. He's a terrific finisher. The one weakness in his game, he's not a consistent three-point shooter yet. Uh, but he's a tremendous defensive player, can block shots, can guard one through four. And, uh, you know, you, you envision this lineup with the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic at center. You got Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon up front along with Murray and Barton. And that's a hell of a lineup. We just haven't had that all season long. And how big was the addition of Jeff Green? I saw him a lot living here in New York City with Brooklyn last year. Just such a solid player. Yeah, it's incredible. I think he's 35 now, and yeah. he still has his athletic ability of when he was 25. Uh, he has, I think, uh, 50, 60 dunks on the year, spectacular dunks where he's where he's stretching out and, and dunking over like three guys. Uh, he's a really good player. They didn't envision him to be a starter here in Denver. He was going to be the backup three or a backup four. And now he's been pressed into service, and uh, and he's played really well. The one thing he hasn't done, uh, which he did last year when he played for Brooklyn, uh, you know, he shot forty one percent from three. This year he's at like thirty four percent. So I'd like to see a little bit more consistent three point shooting from him. But he's good on defense. He's smart, and he's kind of replaced Paul Millsap as kind of the old hand for the Denver Nuggets. He's kind of the sage that that some of the other players look up to. You know, Chris, I just looked uh, a little while ago, and I don't know why I was surprised by it, but it's just sort of like it was like a slap in the face that the, the postseason starts in 28 days. I mean, again, it's yeah. the end of the calendar, but it just seems like it snuck up very quickly. You folks, meaning Denver, uh, are currently in six, but only a game and a half out of fourth place as we speak right now. These are, I mean, it's going to be a really stretch drive for you. And 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 I can't wait for the postseason because I think both conferences are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I, I think the Nuggets have 13 games left now, 13 or 12, and uh, the majority are at home. I think the Nuggets only have four or five road games remaining. So it's a favorable schedule. It, it's not an easy schedule, but uh, 
you know, coming down the stretch, I, you know, we we're trying to figure that out. Who would it be best for the Nuggets to play in the first round of the playoffs? I think the goal is to finish in the top six. You don't want to be seven or eight and get in that play a uh, play in scenario. Uh, Minnesota's playing great right now. Uh, you know, they won eight out of the last 10 games and and they're, they're hot on our heels. So uh, it's up to the Nuggets to keep winning. And uh, if they can get, uh, you know, up to fourth or fifth, great. Uh, if not, they stay in sixth and uh, you, you, you just play who you play. Uh, I think you just try to win as many games and kind of try to get some of the regulars some rest and make sure uh, you're healthy going into the playoffs and hopefully uh, get Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. or both back for the playoffs. Have to ask you about the MVP debate, and I'll throw out a question which I've thrown out. I know I have my answer. You put Embiid on Denver, take Jokic off. Are you guys as good? Same, worse. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. Joel Embiid's a great player. He's a terrific player, but he just does different things uh, than Nikola Jokic. I think Jokic. The one the one thing that I think Jokic does better than Embiid that really stands out is he makes all the players on the team better yep, and like much better. he sets them up. He spoons feeds them. He gets, you know, nine, 10 assists a night. He runs the offense. He brings the ball of court. Uh, Embiid is a, probably a better scorer than Jokic, maybe even a better rebounder. Although Jokic has the rebounding stats, but Jokic is passing uh, and his playmaking are, are, are just superior. So it's hard to say, you know, Jokic was the MVP last year. This se this season, He's having a better year, and he's being double and triple teamed all the time, which he wasn't last year. It was just sporadic. But every night, there's some kind of a junk defense. The Toronto was playing a box and won the other night on him, and he, he's playing fewer minutes than he did last season, getting double, triple teamed, and he's putting up better numbers. So uh, I think it's going to come down to Joel Embiid, Giannis, and, and Jokic. I think it's going to be a tight ballot. Uh, but I think last night's game was was pretty much a wash. I think Embiid outscored him, but Jokic out-rebounded, out-assisted, and Jokic's team got the win. So uh, maybe in the next 13 games, things will things will clarify a little bit. But, uh, boy, it would sure be neat to see Jokic win two in a row. That would be a shocker. And, and what's your response when you hear the argument, the Nuggets are a six seed, he won it last year? How do you feel about that? Because I think some of that is really ridiculous. Well, I've always I've always said you, you would think that the best player on the best team has the best chance to win most valuable player. And I don't discount what Giannis is doing. I think Milwaukee's now second in the East, and Giannis is having a terrific year. Uh, but the West is tougher than the East, despite the East being a lot better. I mean, the, the Nuggets basically have the exact same record as the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers yeah. are in third, Nuggets are in sixth. I heard Bill Simmons on a podcast today, and they were talking about the, the top three players in the league. And uh, he described it like this. He, he said that he thought that Giannis was the best player in the league. Nikola Jokic was the most valuable player in the league. And if you needed one bucket in game seven, you'd want to have Kevin Durant on your team. Yep. I thought that was a pretty good way to, yeah. to kind of separate yep. it out. <laughs> I want to go back to Jokic just for a second. I went actually went back even today and, and took a look. Why was he drafted 41st? And I remember some of the quote unquote experts or scouts said, mm. well, they didn't like his body. 
Well, he was 6'11", 7 feet, you know, even at 18 years old. What didn't they like about his body and what did they not see? And did he always have that chip on his shoulder? I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, I think uh, he described it like this. When I was growing up, I was a fat point guard. I was a fat point guard, and then I grew, and then I grew again. That's how he got his ball handling skills. He was never in great shape. He drank like two or three liters of Coke a day. Uh, he just had a dad bod. And I, I think a lot of the scouts, you know, you know, scouts are like a pack. You know, they see something, they look at him, and you have to really watch him in person for a couple of games to really appreciate how good he is. Uh, we had an European reporter on site last night, and she hadn't seen Jokic play in person. She wow, look at all the stuff he does. You know, just the little things, tipping the ball, passing the ball, rebounding with one hand, throwing length of the court passes, bounce passes in traffic, making threes. Uh so I think that there was kind of a general consensus. This is a, a big, giant, lumbering guy who's not in great shape. Yes, he has skills. He has great skills. But is he going to be able to do it in the NBA where everybody jumps higher, runs higher, runs faster? I, I think there were doubts about that, and I think that's why he dropped. Hey, Chris, I'm not really sure when his contract is up. But listen, like every other player who plays professional basketball, he's going to want to cash in at some point. Will he resign? Does he love Denver enough that no matter what he'll sign, or does he look tomorrow? Yeah, he's uh, cashed in. My partner Scott Hastings just give me a glass of wine to work on. <laughs> God you know, bless I, him. Well, he wants to get an assist in the box score, right? They tell us that podcasts are kind of loosey goosey. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And I have to tell you a quick story. So we're sitting in the hotel, the Four Seasons Hotel. <laughs> And uh, the hockey team checked out late. And so there are about three or four of us have not gotten our rooms yet. We've been sitting here for a couple of hours <laughs> and they've decided to give us drinks for free. And so uh, my partner, Scott Hastings and our sideline man, Chris Dempsey, were, were, were sitting here and just cooling our heels while we're, while we're waiting. Uh, anyway, um, what was the question? Jokic free agency when his contract's uh, He's got a huge contract. Uh, he just signed maybe two, three years ago uh, for what was the max at that time. And in a year, he's going to get the super max, super, super duper max. And he, he's going to be fine. He loves Denver. I don't think he he doesn't really want the spotlight. He's the most unselfish player that I've ever covered. He doesn't look at the stat sheet. If he's one assist away from a triple double, they're not going to put him back in the game because he says I'm one assist away from a triple double. He just plays to win. And if other other people get the spotlight, like last night with Bones Highland. He's completely fine with that. Uh, you know, he says, uh, he's, he's asked about, would you rather score a basket or assist on the basket? And he said, well, I like to assist because that makes two people happy. He's just got this uh, Ted Lasso kind of uh, attitude about everything's going to turn out all right. I play my best. I play my hardest and uh, let the chips fall. It seems like he and Giannis are – Unique in the fact superstars, but very small egos. Well, I think Giannis kind of set the blueprint for what you can do in a smaller market team. You know, the Lakers and the Clippers and the Warriors, and everybody's buying up all the talent. But Giannis, basically with some homegrown guys, and yeah, they've made some trades, but they've done it kind of internally. Uh, they haven't signed a million free agents. Uh, and I just think that has kind of shown the blueprint for Denver what what the Nuggets can do. Uh, the Nuggets have drafted well. They've made some acquisitions. 
Uh, and now it's certainly about health. But there's a there's a great respect, and we saw it last night with Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. I mean, they they are a band of brothers. Uh, Jokic said, I, you know, I don't really care about the MVP. I just hope one of the big guys wins it. And he and Jokic get along fine. Jokic with Giannis. Uh, these international guys have kind of really changed the game. You throw in Luka there. And I think it's been good for the NBA. I think it's it's made the American players kind of step up their game now uh, because the last three MVPs have, have been uh, non, non-Americans, Giannis twice and Jokic. So uh, we'll see how it works out this year, but it's really been a fun season watching Nikola Jokic uh, play great hey guys, basketball. Hey, guys, uh, take a minute here. Uh, Chris, uh, take a sip of that uh, Cabernet or Rosé that you're drinking there. Let's <laughs> do this uh, real quick read. Uh, of course, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings and college basketball fans. Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round or who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Restrictions apply. You must be 21 or older. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back now with Chris Marlowe, play-by-play announcer for Altitude TV and the Denver Nuggets. You know, Chris, I, you know, for years and years, um, I don't know if it's, it's probably not a myth. It's probably a reality, the thin air in Denver. And actually I found it out the hard way because I tried the Pikes Peak Marathon when I was in college, which was <laughs> thing I've ever done but uh you know when players come into town there are they affected if they're only in town for a day or two what, what, yeah. what if any there yeah. is a- I think that definitely there is a altitude factor uh some of the time uh early on I would ask coaches what do they thought about the altitude some just dismiss it now we don't bother with that but you can tell uh that it is a factor uh particularly on back-to-back nights uh it's hard to get your breath uh, players complain in the first quarter that, you know, it didn't have any energy. Uh, it's a big advantage. And I think, uh, if there's one thing I'd like to see the Nuggets do more of, uh, this Denver Nuggets group with Jokic plays at a fairly controlled pace. I think we're one of the bottom teams in the league in pace in efficiency. We're one of the top five teams. I'd like to see us run more. I think that's how you beat opposing teams coming into Denver uh, that are not used to the altitude, run them to death. That's what the old teams used to do with Doug Moe and George Carl. Uh, fast pace is better. And I think that's one area that the Nuggets can get a lot better at, and I hope they do that soon. I guess one asset in that area would be a guy by the name of Jamal Murray. We also you know, wonder about the status of Michael Porter Jr. What about those two players going forward right now? What's, what's your take on what's going to happen? You know, it, it, it's hard to figure as I mentioned, I believe we only have 13 games left. And uh, you would think if you wanted to have Murray and Porter available for the playoffs, that they'd have to be in the ramp-up stage. Now, Murray, uh, I, I've seen him playing two-on-two. Two. 
I'm guessing he's probably played three on three, but he hasn't been cleared for five on five yet. I think the same with Porter, but it seems to make an impact. Uh, you wouldn't want to have them come back like as the regular season ends and then throw them right into the playoffs, you know, with no ramp up time and no, uh, no game time. So uh, I think it's a big question mark for the Nuggets right now. I think uh, basically what Michael Malone and the coaching staff and the administration, they're just thinking we're going to go with this group this group we have here. And if we get Murray, if we get Porter and we can get him back in there, great. Uh, but you would think, what is it? March, March, it's almost mid-March. It's yeah. mid-March and the season ends in a month. So they got to get back soon if they want to contribute. Hey, Chris, uh, you know, the Denver Nuggets really have a great legacy of great players over all the years. I mean, you can name names like Dan Issel and Alex English and David Thompson. And, and I grew up watching a lot of these guys, just love watching them going all the way back to the ABA days. I'm just curious because a lot of teams, organizations have these guys be ambassadors. Do you see these players around periodically? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, we had Fat Lever a couple of years ago. He was on our broadcast for eight games. Uh, they brought uh, Kenyon Martin back. Uh, they brought Matumbo. Uh, I see Alex English here and there. Uh, I see Walter Davis. Um uh, Iverson one time, uh, you know, and of course, Carmelo Anthony comes back as the member of the visiting team. It's interesting right. since we traded Carmelo back, God, when was that? 2012. He has not won in Denver. He's 0 and 9 <laughs> with, with the, uh, with the Knicks and the Portland trailblazers. Uh, maybe 0 and 10 now with the Lakers too. Cause I think we beat him once here. So, uh, yeah, I see the old guys and it's great. Uh, it, it's an interesting you mentioned some of the great players, and I think Alex English said on a tweet recently, he said, you know, we had some great players in my time, and I had my day, but Jokic is the best. He's the best Denver Nugget uh, that there's ever been, and he's going to continue to put up numbers. Uh, no Denver Nugget has ever been named most valuable player, and that, that's a caveat that Jokic has. Even if he doesn't win another one, uh, you know, he, he had a spectacular year last year. And now the only thing left for Jokic since he's been first team and all this stuff is, is to lead Denver uh, to an NBA championship. And I, I really don't think, I guess, I guess maybe five, 10 years ago, I thought, you know, Denver's never going to win a championship, but now I, I, I see how they could, I see how they could. It's, it's very jumbled this year. I mean, if I gave you guys, uh, you take two teams, who you like, you know, you, you pick a team, you pick a team. And they might not even get in the finals. You, you, you just don't know. The East is up for grabs, and I think the West is too. So uh, I, I think uh, maybe not this year. I'm not sure this is our year because of the injuries to, to Murray and Porter. But next year, going to be a lot of uh, expectations for this Denver Nuggets team, and I think we'll be one of the favorites next year. In the West, obviously, Suns, Warriors considered the favorites. Mm -hmm. Any preference of which team you think is better and, and which team breaks through if it's not – Phoenix or, or Golden State? Well, that's a good question. Uh, uh, a while back, I would have said, I, I think it would be better for the Denver Nuggets. If they had to play one of those two teams, I would rather see us play the Suns. We've always played the Suns tough. Uh, we seem to match up well with them. Uh, we beat the daylights out of them for years and years. And then they got Chris Paul, and then it's been like 2-2. It, it's a lot different. But Paul's been injured. He's going to come back. Uh, he's going to be a late arrival. 
you know, I like the idea of playing the Suns somewhere down the line. The Warriors worry me a little bit more because they have such great scoring ability, and now they have Draymond Green back. Uh, their their defense will ramp up once again. Uh, dark horses, I don't know. Dallas is playing really well. Minnesota's playing well. Uh, I wouldn't mind if the Nuggets played the Grizzlies, although we've lost three in a, three in a row to them this year. We haven't beaten them this season. But I just think in a, in a first-round playoff series, if we did match up against them, we'd have a good chance. Uh, they're a young team. Uh, yes, they have job, but we have experience. Uh, we've won a playoff series in each of the last three seasons. We got Jokic. I, I would be very, very confident if we played them in the first round. But there's so many good teams. You know, you've got you've – got, oh, hey, look at that. Look at this guy. There's the room key. There you yeah, go. The room key has arrived. Thank <laughs> you. That- Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is that better uh, news than the glass of wine? No, no, I think it's even. I got the wine, I got the room key. And the room key. We are doing good. <laughs> hey, Chris, uh, you mentioned Scott Hastings before, and, and I work with all the different announcing teams. And yeah. I love the camaraderie. You guys have been teammates now for quite a while. He's, he's a pretty funny dude, um, for starters. You know, what's it like working with him? And obviously you're pretty close because nobody uh, nobody brings over glasses of wine unless they're close. So, you're yeah, pretty close. Yeah, Scott and I have been together for 18 years, and uh, we're, we're finally getting to know each other. We had a great game last night, really fun game to watch, and, and you had the two MVP candidates and Bones going off, and it was just a rollicking good time. Uh, you know, Hastings is hysterical. He's so funny. If you ask Hastings how funny he is, he'll tell you that he's the funniest guy on the broadcast. But, uh, you know, he brings a kind of a, you know, a great knowledge of the NBA and the players and and uh, and tremendous stories and insight. And uh, I've been really there lucky. There he is. There he is. But I have a question for Scott. Marlo's mom is so slow, it took her nine months to come up with a joke. <laughs> hey, he wants to ask you a question. Hold on. Hold on. Can you hear me? Scott, my name's Andy. Nice to meet you. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Listen, I was taught the game by Willis Reed. I got one question for you. Why does every basketball player in the world bite on pump fakes when you're supposed to stay down on defense? <laughs> Last night, I, I sent out a tweet earlier. I was at the playground, right? I told guys... Don't don't leave your feet on a pump fake. I said I would study guys. I said if you study guys, you don't leave your feet on a DeRozan or Embiid pump fake. And what did Jokic <laughs> do in that first quarter? Yeah, because everybody thinks they they can block a shot in, in the NBA. It's ego driven, and so everybody thinks they're going to block a shot. So they, let me jump up and go. And then meanwhile, once once a guy goes by, you, you're done. Now it's a five on four. Or right, four the defense three. gets broken down. Yeah, hold that. That's right. right hand. No, 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 hold it. No, I, hold it. You can say. You can I say. Hold it. I have free drinks to go. You got free drinks. Okay, go. All right, he's heading now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this podcast like Marlo does. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is a freebie, baby. Yeah, it's, it's a freebie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Do we have I, that, a gift certificate for our guests. That that pump fake thing is, is uh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, uh, jo- Joel Embiid has one of the great pump fakes, and I don't know if you saw the uh, the highlights uh, last night of uh, of Carl Anthony Towns. He looks like a miniature Joel Embiid now with the yeah. exaggerated pump fake and then driving to the basket. So everybody's doing it because it works. Yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, appreciate your time, of course. We gotta My ask pleasure. I've got to ask you, uh, and it's a story part of your career in life. You have won a gold medal, of course, at the 84 Olympics in your backyard. Now, how, how wonderful was that for starters? And what do you what do you do with that gold medal? Um, that was one of the great experiences of my life, for sure. 
Uh, I got a chance to be in the opening ceremonies. My mom, my mom was still alive at the time, and she was at the LA Coliseum. And after we got off the uh, off off the field, hey, 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 down, keep it down back there. We're on we're on live TV. Uh, and it was just a wonderful experience. I just I describe it as being on cloud eleven. Uh, everything just broke right for us. And, uh, you know, I tried to get on two other different Olympic teams. I was on the 76 team. We didn't qualify. Then the 1980 team, there was the boycott. I finally got back on the, on the 1980, uh, the 84 team in 1982. And I had to struggle my way to get onto the team, uh, was actually cut from the team in April. Uh, the guy that had beaten me out, supposedly, I didn't think he beat me out, but the guy that that they picked ahead of me, uh, broke his leg in a match against the Russians, uh, in Moscow in May. Uh, uh, and he was done. They brought me back to the team. Two weeks later, they had an election for captain of the team. I was, uh, I was elected uh, captain, uh, uh, unanimously. And then a month later I was standing on the victory stand getting my gold medal. So, uh, it was quite the turn of events in my life. Uh, going from bartender to gold medalist, but uh, I was able to do it. And now, Chris told us before the podcast, and uh, I have to have you repeat it, uh, you played volleyball on the beach against a certain Hall of Fame center. Fill us in on that one. Well, Will Chamberlain, when he when he hurt his knee... Uh, Ruptured the patella tendon. Yeah, he was later in his career. They suggested that he run on the beach Uh to rehab the knee that was one of the exercises and so i would see him down at the beach down at state beach it's kind of where he, he got to be friends with pat riley who was a beach bum before he became a hall of fame coach and they were down at state beach and i got to know wilt a little bit and they at state beach they taught him how to play volleyball rudimentary volleyball and uh, i got to play with him uh, some two-man but mostly in four-man teams uh, where you'd have a you know big left side hitter, a middle and a right, and a setter. So I would be the setter, and Wilt would be the left side hitter. And uh, man, he could hit the ball if you put, but you had to put the ball exactly in the right place. <laughs> you had to be accurate because if you set it like one inch to the left, you got a ration of crap uh, from the the late great Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, but it was really really fun. I got to, I developed kind of a relationship with him a little bit. Got to know him, and I never forget it. Ma, 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 Malo. Set me higher. Set me higher. <laughs> hey, Chris, one, one last thing on him, meaning Wilt. 20,000? I mean, did you yeah. see it? Any, did you see any of them? Uh, <laughs> he actually, uh, I hesitate to tell his story, but uh, one of his, uh, well, I don't know if it was in that in that grouping of 20,000, was one of my ex-girlfriends. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, and uh, after me. After me, so uh, it will to uh, yeah, dated for a while, and uh, yeah, that story that's a that's an incredible story. That's the most unbreakable record that Will Chamberlain owns, with the possible exception of 48 and a half minutes a game in 61 62. But uh, a larger than life figure, I'm, I'm glad I got to know him, and I, I feel like I've got three, four, five really good Will Chamberlain stories. Uh oh. Uh, for another that time I, that I can tell at any time and, and really, really fun. You know what I just thought of Chris? Mm. I, I have a feeling off the court. He had some triple doubles too. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. You remember that was before block shots. So uh, yeah, 
Yeah, he would have been the all-time leader. <laughs> and also, also, correct me if I'm wrong, never fouled out of a game. He would have hated the referees of today's age, right? Yeah, I, you know, Will was very careful about that, and that was a record he was really, really proud of, uh, not fouling out. And uh, obviously, he was a great defensive player, block shots, steals, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that's, a, that's another anomaly. We've got a guy on the team, Will Barton, who's played uh, – I think eight years in the NBA now, and he's never fouled out of a game, which I learned the other day. So he's chasing Wilt, but he's got a long way to go. Well, he's from Chicago, so he learns how to uh, screw around with the rules. There you go. Yeah, he's learned the ins and outs of uh, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> right. right. Hey, Chris, we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate uh, you joining us today. I know you got a glass in front of you, and I hope you have a couple more before the And a room key. Um, I've got a glass. i got a room key. Okay, Scott Bay. Uh, yeah, and I'm uh, heading out to dinner tonight, so it'll be fun. Hey, thanks uh, a lot for having me on today. Hey, great, I really Chris. enjoyed it. Thanks, Chris. I'll look forward to seeing you next uh, next season. Thank you very, very much. All right. Take it easy, fellas. You as well. You as well.